Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Just shy of 10 years ago, I had Larry Hegel as my Song of the Soul guest, and today we welcome him back. Larry has had a performing career spanning several decades, like five or six of them, with an unstoppable sense of humor, a quirky and somewhat salty wit, and a solid musical talent to channel both his humorous and serious songs, Larry has been a treat for audiences all over the Midwest, with loyal fans everywhere. We have him back today, not because of the release of new CDs, but because he has brought together a wealth of his stories and experience and a wide-ranging sketch of his life in his newly released book, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry. Any sit-down with Larry is going to include loads of laughter and a reluctance to end the visit, and that is true of this interview with Larry, so count on checking out all the bonus excerpts on the northernspiritradio.org website on topics like cocaine, alcohol, Christian hoof trimmers, and the house where Larry lived almost 40 years ago, now the home of Northern Spirit Radio. You can hear those bits of interview on NorthernSpiritRadio.org, but the rest of Larry Heagle's second Song of the Soul visit will be in this broadcast version as we get Larry Heagle on the phone now. Larry, welcome back to Song of the Soul. Well, it's only been, what, 10 years? Yeah, I mean, it's just like yesterday. Yeah, well, time flies when you're having fun, as they say. <laughs> time flies when you're writing a book. How long did it take you to write, not really sane, not really sorry? Almost five years, because it started out as back in the day, as they say, when I had a website, and I was keeping a blog on my website. That was the nugget that I used to go on to write the book. With the site long gone, I had saved the stories, and uh, I just went from there. The book is kind of stream of conscious more than in order. The reason that I got you on the line again, I mean, I've been patiently waiting to welcome you back to Song of the Soul, is because of the release of your new book, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry. And as you show inside the book there, that's from, it was a song. Can you sing the last line for me right now? Yeah, it's, the song is called Boondock Looney. I'm a boondock loony, I'm a walking cartoon, and I can boogie-woogie all night long. A jack pine savage born to romp and ravage, and you may as well come along. I'm not your born lazy, I'm Midwest crazy, a little loose around the brain, a fortunate mating of a lost tornado and a misplaced hurricane. And at the end, I repeat that same thing, and the last thing is, I'm a misplaced hurricane, a little loose around the brain, not really sane, not really sorry. And I couldn't think of a title for the book. I had a, another title picked out, which was kind of from a chapter where Grace Walsh had me go down to uh, be an after-dinner speaker, which is basically stand-up comedy, at Bradley University. It was my first time ever competing against, not that well, I'll be against all these other state schools from Wisconsin, 
UW-Eau Claire, Stout, Stevens Point, Whitewater, and I get in there, it's the Big Ten, mm. and they're all dressed up in three-piece suits, and I'm still having trouble learning how to tie a tie. Of course, they all sit there with their arms crossed because they're professionals. They've done this before, and nobody laughs at anybody's jokes except Larry. He's in the back, Mr. Rube, laughing at all the jokes because he doesn't know any better. <laughs> He's maybe influencing the judges. It's not until he gets introduced to himself he realizes nobody's going to laugh at you. So then you do five minutes to silence, and comedy is not easy to do to silence. I can still say that <laughs> at my age, it's still when you die, you really die. Silence is not good. You're trying to be funny. So it was a long, long, long day. And at the end of the day, because the winner of the contest is supposed to give this after dinner speech at the huge gathering of like 500 people that have been in the entire contest, all these contests, and sit at the head table, I thought, there's no way I've even placed. I'm just going to go back to my room. I don't even want to go to dinner. But I fell asleep, and in quarter to six, there's a bang at my door. It's all my teammates. Hey, Larry, get up. You've won the speech contest. You have to speak at the banquet. <laughs> and all I can think is, oh, my God, the agony's not over. I've won. <laughs> and that, that was my original title, the agony's not over. I've won. But my wife, Kim, suggested that why don't you go through your song lyrics and find a, something that would be catchy. And I ended up going back to... Uh, the song we were just talking about, uh, Boondock Looney, and that, not really saying, not really sorry, but that's going to be a lot better, so that's why I put it on the cover. And it fits. I mean, when did you give up claiming any corner of sanity? I think about my ninth year of teaching eighth grade English. Uh, that'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's a difficult age to teach. And uh, I learned early on in my career that my sense of humor would help immensely, uh, although my principal thought that I was a really poor teacher because there should be no laughter coming from your room. <laughs> but I also found out that if you try to teach dull adverbs and adjectives straight through, you're going to lose them in five minutes because that's how long your attention span is. And so I would hang loose and and have a little fun with them. And, and I still hear from students who say, you're the best teacher I ever had because you made it fun. And so whether they learn or not, I had, I've been <laughs> accused by some other faculty of uh, teaching just long enough to get a following. <laughs> That's people who are very fond of me, obviously. <laughs> well, you've developed your following all the places where you did your comedy stand-up with the guitar. I owe my my entire career to the Howard Johnsons of Eau Claire and the, the Kaisers ran that when it was Howard Johnsons and they I started, you know, doing other people's songs and eventually working into writing my own comedy material and writing my own songs. I was gonna tell you that uh, I felt so smart, so intelligent that I said, Oh, I'm getting out of teaching eighth graders and I'll be working with adults. So what did I do? I moved into a nightclub situation and who did I entertain? Not students, but their now drunken <laughs> parents. And that could be a step down on the education level. A third grade is pretty... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, Larry, you mentioned a name, Grace Walsh, that a lot of our listeners will have no idea who that is. But interestingly enough, I not only do I live in the house where 60 years ago you lived here, so our paths overlap that way, 
But it wasn't till I read the book that I knew about the connection with Grace Walsh, because I grew up basically in Oconomowoc, about 30 miles out of Milwaukee. I was in debate, and in that summer before 11th grade, I wanted to come to a debate camp that they had. It was up here in Eau Claire, and that was my exposure to Eau Claire. And of course, that was led by Grace Walsh. I mean, she was at the helm there, or Gracie Walsh, as many of us said, I, you probably couldn't because you couldn't risk your life that way. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, I very fondly and sometimes with trepidation remember Grace Walsh. She was an awesome leader of that program at UW Eau Claire. You eventually got into what got called along the way after dinner speaking. I did too, believe it or not. Oh, you did? Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I, that, that makes sense to me because I think you're a very funny man and I, you have a great sense of humor and a great sense of timing. So it makes sense to me that you would you would get into after-dinner speaking. I also did serious stuff, but humor is really my main bent. So I think not really saying, not really sorry fits for me. The one thing that I lack that you have is this music ability. And I had you here last time for Song of the Soul. You shared a number of songs, and we want to hear some more of them. What would you care to share today, Larry? Let's start with something from the Irish Heart CD. It's a song that I guess I think every traveling songwriter has written a song about his vehicle. And this one's called Rocket Action Oldsmobile, about a 1965 Oldsmobile that I found at the Kippewa Falls Car Show, and I fell in love instantly. So I wrote this song about that car. We're going to say a little bit more about that car and Larry Heagle's travels with it after we listen to Rocket Action Oldsmobile. Again, Larry Heagle. I got a 6598 and she's your fine. And she's my ride in the sun. Time and Oldsmobile Coupe with the 425. A hydromatic super rocket, ooh, she can fly. She burns 92 octane, premium gas, and ain't nothing on the road that I can't pass. Love the way that I feel in that automobile. I love the way that I feel in that automobile. The way that I feel in that rocket action Oldsmobile. Well, she's long, she's sleek, and she's built down low. A two-door hardtop that loves to go. 18-foot cruiser, a beautiful boat. A coil spring suspension that nothing but cold. I got room for you, hell, I got room for six. Show me the road, won't I get Big ass 
lights right twice a day Bumper mounted signal lights ahead of her time They gave me 40 acres I can turn on a dime Plush carpet from seal to seal And I can almost fill her up with the $50 bill I love the way that I feel In that automobile I love the way that I feel In that automobile I love the way that I feel in that Rocket action That won't bother me a bit That'll clear right up with that carburetor kit Plenty of room to roll around in the back She's a rockin' rollin' Love shack, I love the way that I feel In that automobile I love the way that I feel In that automobile I love the way that I feel in that Get action Oldsmobile The thing that got me off my butt to get Larry Hegel here today for Song of the Soul was the release of his new book, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry, Tales of an Itinerant Performer. Some of the ways that he was an itinerant was in his rocket action Oldsmobile, traveling all around the place, doing his stand-up comedian bit with guitar in hand. That song is from his CD called Irish Heart, released in the early 2000s. You can still get a hold of that, and you can get a hold of the book, too. Not really saying, not really sorry. How do people get a hold of that book? I mean, I don't think that they just go out to Amazon and buy it, do they, Larry? Right. No, I'm Irish and Dutch, and my Dutch side says I don't want to pay to have Jeff Bezos make extra money. So I've been kind of putting it out on both my Facebook page, or you could email me at office, O-F-F-I-C-E 4888 at com and request either of the CDs, Irish Heart or Rude Crude and Poor, <laughs> and the book. The Rude Crude and Poor CDs are $12. That includes the tax. The book is fourteen ninety five plus 83 cents tax, which comes to fifteen seventy eight. If you're local, I would hand deliver it so that you don't have to pay any shipping. If you live further out, then you got to pay a standard fee I use all over the country of $4.22, which makes it come out to an even $20. Now, if you want to find me on Facebook, you would go to L. Hegel. That's L-H-E-A-G-L-E. And you don't even have to be a friend of mine, although I would love it that you have to be my friend, but you don't have to. You just go to the little balloon with the electronic bolt in it, and that's Messenger, and you send me a message saying what you want from me, and I'll take care of it that way. 
And folks, we do have those links with this program on northernspiritradio.org. His name again, it's like Eagle, that thing that flies high overhead. Right. L-H Eagle is his name. But, you know, you search for Larry Eagle on Facebook, you will find him. He is unparalleled, and that's why we have him here again today for Song of the Soul. Let's have another song right away, Larry. Well, let's go to the Rude, Crude, and Poor CD. I have a good friend named Robert Johnson, Robert One Man Johnson, because he's a veritable one-man band. If anybody gets a chance to see him, he is really, really amazing. He's a white guy, but he's a blues guy, and he's very, very good. But he and I used to chum around a lot when he was up in this area, and he told me a joke. Uh, it was an Irish drinking joke. And he said, I bet you can't make it into a song. So I wrote this song called The Irish Drinking Song. I'm rather proud of it. Now, you come around St. Patrick's Day, it gets a lot of play if I'm working somewhere, I'll tell you that. The Irish Drinking Song is on Rude, Crude, and Poor by Larry Hegel. Here it is, and I'll drink to this one. <laughs> oh, Patrick Murphy worked on at the brewery. Every night he'd come home to his wife. Patrick loved his work at the brewery, but twas a vat of beer that took poor Patrick's life. You see, Patrick, he drowned at the brewery. He fell into a vat without a trace. And when they fished him out of the Irish stout, they could not get that smile from off his face. And who'll take the news to Patrick's mother? And to the widow at Patrick's place T'was a job that no one wanted For they surely would be haunted By that idiotic grin on Patrick's face So they drew straws and the job fell to O'Brien An Irishman as blunt as he could be When she asked did he die quickly He said well no not exactly For he got out three times to take a pee now the moral of the story I can tell you Since we don't have nine lives like a cat Well, I'd rather have a pint Right here in me hand Than to be dead drunk at the bottom of the vat There's a reason Larry Hegel's CD is called Rude, Crude, and Poor and maybe the Irish drinking song is a good sign of that. <laughs> a wonderful song <laughs> that he shared, put joke in song form. Uh, you mentioned in the book, Larry, that uh, you said that was the first time you stopped drinking for three weeks. You, 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 and you said it that way. You didn't say how many times you stopped drinking over the years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. that first time, it was for three weeks. Was this a recurrent thing throughout your life, you know, every several years? Well, I don't think I was ever an alcoholic. It was just when you're, if you're a nightclub performer, if they like you, the first thing you want to do is they want to buy you a drink. And you don't want to be unsociable, so... I would have maybe three, four beers a night while I was working, and sometimes a shot of peppermint schnapps or something would come with it. And, yes, I would get to the point where I probably shouldn't have been driving home, but but was able to get home safely. And as I said, as I got older, drinking, especially once I stopped working nightclubs where you felt obligated to be sociable with your audience, uh, it got much easier not to drink. 
Well, let's have some more good news, which would be some music from Larry Heagle for today's Song of the Soul. What would you like to share? I spent many a time driving down to play in Iowa City. I played at a place called The Sanctuary. It was thusly called because it was previously a church that the guy had turned into a uh, tavern. One thing that I did not know until I played down there several times and got to know some of the natives, I never had heard of the morel mushroom. Oh, I've, we've got them in the backyard here. You lived in this house. You should fund. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, those, are, they, those taste like heaven. They're, they're great. So anyway, uh, first time I ever went out mushroom hunting for the goat's beards, as they call them down there, my host was driving down a little dusty country road and said, what do you see in, in the ditch? And I looked over and I said, oh, weeds. He said, oh, no, that's, that's marijuana. I said, what? He said, that's, yeah, that was planted during the shortage of hemp brought on by uh, the Japanese taking over during World War II of all the uh, islands and places that grew hemp for rope. And so uh, it, was, it was planted in the Midwest and it spread all over Iowa. So after that, it suddenly occurred to me as I would come into the state of Iowa at the time, I think they've changed it since then, but the state slogan was Iowa, a place to grow. <laughs> That's too good to pass up. So I wrote this next song <laughs> called Iowa Ditchweed, kind of based around that. For years I played the Hawkeye State and I always thought it really great to bring home Vinton popcorn and cider in a jar. And many night on my way home I would water the grass by the bumper chrome standing there just listening to my car. Then a friend of mine from an Iowa town gave me a tour, showed me around, especially the weeds that grew along the road. But if I knew then what I know now, I'd know I can't imagine how. I couldn't see it until I had been showed. Iowa ditch weed, ain't that a bitch weed? And it grows down there along the road. Iowa ditch weed, it ain't no get rich weed. But let's all reap the wild oats that Uncle Sam has sowed. How it got there is no mystery, it's a simple case of history. A story that needs telling, well that's my hope. See, the government planted fields and fields, got themselves tremendous yields of the hemp plant because they needed it for rope. Well, the earth was good, the sun was hot, the rains, they came down a lot. Who needs to grow it hydroponically? Wind spread the seeds far and near, and that's why it's still growing down there, but it's used for other things, ironically. It's Iowa ditch weed, ain't that a bitch weed? Yeah, it grows down there along the road. Iowa ditch weed, ain't no good bitch weed. Let's all reap the wild oats that are sad so. Just say no, says Nancy Reagan, don't inhale, says Mr. Bill. And Richard Nixon did a lot below. When I saw that ditch weed grinning, I got a higher meaning of Iowa, a place to grow. Yeah, the feds are working night and day. They're carrying your stash away. They're even using dogs to sniff it out. 
cares if there's a sneeze on when you got your own growing season? And I guess that's what this song is all about. I would itch weed, ain't that a bitch weed? And it grows down there along the road. I would itch weed, ain't no get rich weed. Let's all read the wild oats that Uncle Sam is so. Well, I got myself a trunk load here. Let's see if we can. How high we can get on that? Oh yeah, about half a step. Every summer I remember to book Iowa in September, 'cause that's when the hemp plants bear a mighty sticky load. Highway 13's a good highway if you like to drive it my way, but it means a stop or two along the road. For Iowa ditch weed, ain't that a ditch weed? Yeah, it grows down there. Our guest here today for Song of the Soul is Larry Hegel. That's his song, Iowa Ditchweed. You can find it on his CD, Rude, Crude, and Poor. Those are certain aspects that fit for Larry Hegel, as well as being a, a wonderful Irishman with an Irish heart, which is his other CD. He's with us here today for Song of the Soul, which is, of course, a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web, northernspiritradio.org. If you come by our site, you can find all of our guests of the last 15 years, including how to connect up with Larry Hegel. He used to have a website, but now if you want to find him, the best way is probably through Facebook, L. Hegel is his ID there. You can find that link again on nordenspiritradio.org. We'll also have his email, which is office4888 at gmail.com. If you're interested in either of his CDs or his book, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry, Tales from an Itinerant Performer, use those two links to get a hold of Larry. Again, we've got him here for Song of the Soul. We've had so many wonderful guests over these last 15 years, and we had Larry here just about 10 years ago sharing some of his songs. You'll hear more if you come to NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Look at it there. Remember when you visit to post comments and rate our programs. And don't forget that there's this beautiful Donate button that you can click on so you can help make sure that the work of Northern Spirit Radio continues. Even more so, though, support your local community radio station. These programs are carried on some 40 stations nationwide. Please remember to support them first because alternative media, free-thinking, open community media is so absolutely important. So please start off by supporting them and then help Northern Spirit Radio if you care to. And as Larry said, if you want a copy of his book or the CDs and then you're in the right zip code area right around here, close to Eau Claire, he'll drive it to you. And by the way, I was wondering, Larry, when you drive to him, are you going to drive it to him in the Rocket Action Oldsmobile, or do you use a different vehicle by now? <laughs> well, all I have now is a picture of that car. I'm looking at it right now and wishing I had it back. But that's the point when gasoline was $3.22 a gallon, and it's got this big V8. And if you don't put high test in it, it rattles. When it got to be three twenty-two, and I have to put it in storage for the winter, and then leave like an eighth of a tank of gas in it over winter, and then you'd take it out and fill it up, and it would, 
take <laughs> nearly $70 to fill it up in the spring, I realize you're not that famous that you can even afford this car. I wish I, I'm looking at it, like I said, I said, I look at a picture of it right now and I'm wishing I had it. I entitled the uh, album uh, Rude, Crude, and Poor. I was going to call it a Shakespearean word, doggerel, which is poor poetry, as I recall. But that's what William would say of some other poet work. It's just doggerel. <laughs> and so I thought, well, that's, that's pretty much what this root, root, and push. So I, I didn't call it. I, I looked up doggerel. I was just going to call the album doggerel. And then I looked up the word doggerel, and there was root, root, and poor. I went, oh, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> If the shoe fits, wear it. And yeah, it's, right. it's a shoe you're pretty comfortable with. There's so many wonderful stories that you share in Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry. Uh, many of them include elements of people who disapprove of you. Yeah. People who just thought your humor was a little too rude, crude, and maybe poor. That, you know, you'd refer to things like vasectomies. And I love that story of when you were performing <laughs> and the nun says, don't mention that word. <laughs> that, yeah, that was for uh, St. Joseph's Hospital in Marshfield. It was an employee's appreciation banquet two nights in a row. So they asked me to come in and do 45 minutes after dinner. So the first night I knew it was a Catholic hospital and I'm, not that dumb that I would sing the vasectomy song, but I was doing my whole junior high school experience, all the jokes about having been a junior high school teacher, and so I ended with just, it wasn't long after that, I wrote the vasectomy song, and then I, I didn't go into the song, I just went on to something else. And that's all. Like, the only thing that got mentioned was the word vasectomy song, okay? So the next night I'm at dinner, and I'm sitting right across from the, uh, nur, uh, nur, the nun, the sister that hired me, and so dessert is being served, and I'm up next, and she leans forward toward me, and she gives me that sisterly eye, and she says, do not say the word vasectomy tonight. And I could feel the heat going up my neck, having been raised a good Catholic boy and having gone through eight grades of uh, Catholic grade school. Uh, oh, sister, don't, you know, oh, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> and then I felt kind of stupid with myself. I'm upset with myself. I shouldn't let that bother me. But uh, I said, oh, yes, yeah, sister, don't worry about it. I won't do, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Early traumas occupies our body for a long after we grow up. It's kind of amazing you ever became a guitar player considering all the time that your knuckles got wrapped with the ruler because of... Yeah, uh, use. yeah. Uh, interesting that you bring that up because that is part of the early chapter in the book is my mother insisted. My mother's side of the family is where the music comes from, the Pennsylvania Dutch. They were the musical side of the family. In fact, uh, Grandpa Wetzel, he had six kids, and they were all in his orchestra. They would play these Grange Halls. The farm folks would come in and they would bring sleeping bags or wherever they needed to sleep. They would stay in the grand part and they'd dance all night and then they'd sleep there and, and then go back by buckboards the next day. So that's where the musical part of my background comes is from my mom's side. My mother insisted that I take uh, music lessons on the piano. Well, I did not want to take piano lessons, but mother knows best. So I had Sister Dolorette, how's that for her name? Dolorette. She was the music instructor, so I took two years of piano, which I was not a good student because I was lazy. I didn't practice as much as I should, and 
I had the same problem that I had when I was taking typing as a sophomore in high school. I would look down at the keys, which is rule number one, don't do that. So she had the uh, ruler. And if I would look down at my hands, she would rap my knuckles sharply to let me know that I should not be looking down at my hands. Well, after a year or so of that, I had had enough uh, bruised knuckles, and I told my mother that I was all done being a pianist. And she agreed to, to let me go on of that. Then, of course, later in the book, I discussed the fact that because I have a brother that's a priest, and he's a darn good one, Father John Hegel is my brother, no matter what he tells you. Uh, <laughs> he... He went to Holy Cross Seminary in La Crosse. It's no longer even a seminary down there now. And I was just an eighth grader. So I guess I must have talked about it too much in class because then the sisters of St. Francis started poking me in the ribs, not literally, but figuratively, about why don't you go down and study to be a priest too? Wouldn't it be special for both your parents, especially your mother, to have two priests in one family? Okay, well, that makes sense to me. So I went down for a year at Holy Cross Seminary, and there's some pretty good stories in the book about that, about what a failure I was at that particular venue as well. Well, just having a fake carved gun and that being basis to kick you out because you had a carving of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> that seemed a little extreme to me, but on, on the other hand, I am a pacifist, so I don't know. Yes, some of the adventures of Larry Hegel that are shared in his book, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry, but we have him here today for Song of the Soul because he went around telling these stories, and some of them are actually written into songs of his, and he's got a number of very meaningful, serious songs as well. Would you care to share some more music right now, Larry? That would be fun. As I said, uh, anybody that drives and writes songs has a car song, well, I came up with two, and the other one was called The Big Tomato. It was a red panel van, Chevrolet, that I found just outside of Augusta. It had been a florist van, so there were no windows, a panel van, and very, very basic. It had a flathead six in it, and I'd once had a 49 Ford panel truck that had a flathead six in And you get a, a sick little flathead like that, those things will never die on you. They'll run forever. So I bought it for a really good price. Well, then I found out as I got older, it did not have power steering. It did not have power brakes. <laughs> you, steer, you you built up your muscles just by steering that thing. So I wrote a song around that, uh, how basic a truck that was. So and then when I took it in for a little brush up on some paint areas, and the young man that, uh, said, oh, you're here for the big tomato. And I thought, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great name for that truck. And then they gave me a, a decal that shows a tomato with wheels. And so I wrote this next song. Here it is, The Big Tomato by Larry Hegel. After spending $16,000 for a used minivan, then spending over $1,000 on loose suspension, blown air conditioning, three valve cover gaskets in two years, I came to the conclusion I'd just about had enough of modern Chrysler technology. So I went out and found myself an 82 fire engine red, Pre-fuel injection, straight six-cylinder Chevy C10 panel van with 51,000 original miles on her. No power steering. No power brakes. No air conditioning. And friends, I've hitched my wagon to a retro star. My thanks to Jason of Aerico Auto Body, who dubbed her the Big Tomato, and inspired this song. 
see you later, I'm gone in the big tomato Heading east on Highway 94 See you later, I'm gone in the big tomato She's gonna roll till I reach my own front door Got a little straight six, it's gone around forever Gonna drive her till I play in your home got the joy of having Larry Hegel with us here today for Song of the Soul. That was his song, The Big Tomato. If you're interested in getting hold of Larry's music, you won't get it in the usual places that you do buy music these days. You should just contact Larry. And connections to him, both his email and his Facebook page, are linked on northernspiritradio.org. If you know how to spell Larry Hegel and search for it on Facebook, you'll find him. 
We're going to crunch in a few more songs right away, make sure we get those in. I, I'd hate to have our Song of the Soul listeners go away without having at least a couple more of your songs. So let's turn around and do another one right away, Larry. What would you like to share? Well, I'll tell you what. Over the years, I've been in many bands. I, I take a break from doing the single stuff because it's really fun to work with other musicians. And it fills out songs that you've written. Uh, it's like, you know... Rather than doing a black and white drawing, all of a sudden you're, you're working on colors. And it's lots of fun. I was in a band called the Rock Bottom River Band, and Robert Oneman Johnson was in that, as well as John Buckles, Jerry Way, and Chuck Solberg. Then Full Circle was a band as which Ron Keezer, who I am still grieving over, he just passed recently. His son is Jeff Keezer, a very famous jazz pianist. Uh, he was my drummer. Joni and Clark Malone, Joni sang, and Clark was also a singer and, and played piano, and John Buckles was on saxophones and flute, and John Hartzell played the bass. Now, the final incarnation of the band I was in was called the Larry Eagle Band. I couldn't think of anything that was do it that way. Tim Kyle Hulse played bass and did vocals. Dave Barnison was the drummer. Ed Trinan from the Twin Cities area played blues harmonica and sang vocals. He's a really good harmonica player and singer. Mike Rickson was the guitar and vocals also. And everybody in the band got a nickname. Now, Tim Kyle stands about six foot four. He was too tall, Tim. And Dave Barnison, who became Barney, of course. And Ed Trinan, who was nearly bald, got the name Clean Head Ed. <laughs> and Mike Rickson had this pair of red tennis shoes he always wore, so he called him Mikey Red Shoes. And they began to call me, because I am so demure, they called me Short Daddy. So I was on my own working a convention in the Upper Peninsula, and I sat in the motel and said, I'm going to write a song called Short Daddy in the style of ZZ Top. And so I wrote this Short Daddy, I thought in that style, but I think I rushed the beat a bit. But I still really liked the song. We enjoyed doing it, and so I recorded it. So it's called... Short Daddy. And Larry Hegel is Short Daddy. Walked the beach one day, no to scare, found a six-foot lady unconscious out there. Cleared her passageway and tilted her head, gave her mouth to mouth until my face turned red. She opened her eyes and then she said with a grin, get back down here and do that again. Who's your daddy? Short Daddy. But I like dancing for tall girls best I used to date a lady who was six foot nine And when we danced I had a real good time I tried to tell her I love her, couldn't catch my breath The big fine lady nearly smothered me dead Who's your daddy? Short daddy Who's your daddy? Short daddy You know you love me since way back when Who's your daddy?
sides of his feet. Excuse me, baby, that's indiscreet. I'm sure daddy and I can love you all night. I got a sweet little woman who says that I'm just right. Who's your daddy? Short daddy. Who's your daddy? Short daddy. You know you love me since way back when. Who's your daddy? We've got Larry Hegel with us here today for Song of the Soul. He is Short Daddy, and that was the name of that song. (laughs) That's because of the bands that he fronted for. Well, I could sit swapping stories with you all day long and all night long, and uh, maybe we'll do that one of these days soon, but I'd like to end with just one more song. How can we finish your second Song of the Soul, Larry? Well, this one, I still say this, that I use this. It's not really a song. It's a talking blues because I'm an old guy. I remember the folk scare of the 1960s, and talking blues was all the big thing back then. But I still do this song just to see if my memorizing facilities and faculties are still intact. And it's called the 1-800-TALKING-BLUES. It was written in a motel room while I was working at the saloon at Butler Square in Minneapolis. And I was celebrating the advent of all-night television broadcasts. So the song is all about what you should not do. (laughs) You're watching all-night television in a motel room. Well, let's dive right into it and listen to a little talking blues, 800 talking blues from Larry Heagle. It's blues, talking blues, white man talking blues. Well, I was back at the motel late one night. Adrenaline wired and a little bit tight from drinking peppermint schnapps and a couple of brews. Just to keep myself company, well, I turned on that big TV to watch a movie or maybe the late night news. Well, I was paying no attention naturally to that icon of technology. I was brushing my teeth and tugging at my underwear. And then I heard gold chain electro plate free digital watch. We pay the freight and like a zombie. I moved over to the TV chair. Sitting in my underwear, mouth a phone, one hand on the credit card, the other on the phone, staring intently into that flickering light. Well, it's a scary story, but I swear it's true, and it's time I relate it all to you, because I think you should know what happened to me on that night. Well, the first thing I bought was the Ginsu knife, kind that the Japanese give to the wife, chopping off fish heads to make that fish head stew. And then I bought a pocket fisherman to catch the fish so I could use the knife to clean the fish so I could cook it in the wok. Yeah, I bought the damn wok. And the bamboo steamer, too. Well, I could feel it happening, I was out of control But what could I do with prices so low But sit there with that plastic in my hand Well, it might have been an hour, it might have been less About Slim and Raj and Boxcar's Best And an autographed Bible signed by Debbie Boone's band 
sewing kits and pots and pans, a traveling iron and a garbage can, an inflatable mattress that sleeps too comfortably. A diamond ring with certificate a high bocce with the removable grate and an exercise wheel I think they threw in for free. Time life books, a potato peeler, free coupons from a used car dealer. 1-800, give it to me one more time. Don't stop me now, I can't write a check. I ain't got no money, but what the heck? Long as I got plastic, I don't need a dime. It was just about dawn, there's little doubt. My finger died and I passed out right in the middle of just one hell of a deal. I'd only been able to finish that call out. I got Sports Illustrated, and that's not all. A digital rectal thermometer. <laughs> what a steal. Well, I suppose you're wondering how it all turned out, and if there's a moral that's got any clout. I got a moral, and I got a need to shout it. If you're gonna stay ahead of that debtor's game, don't carry plastic that carries your name, even if it's American Express. Leave home without it. Don't take that son bitch with you. You'd be amazed what you're gonna try to charge on a charged car when you're sitting all alone in a motel room in your underwear in the middle of the night. That's right. The good news for all of our listeners today is they got to hear Larry Hegel sharing his song, 800 Talking Blues. Uh, there's also good news. It is possible to get the music, but you can't get it from your regular sources. It won't be iTunes and Amazon where you're buying it these days. You have to contact Larry Hegel himself. We've got a link to Larry Hegel's Facebook page and his email linked on NordenSpiritRadio.org. So you can contact him about both the CDs and his book just released, Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry, Tales of an Itinerant Performer. And songs like 800 Talkin' Blues are on his Rude, Crude, and Poor CD. The other one that you can get a hold of is Irish Heart. So, Larry, I want to tell you one more story and just bend your ear because it was part of my initial connection with Grace Walsh. I told you I came up here that before my my junior year in high school. I was three weeks in the summer staying in Governor's Hall. Uh, there were seven of us boys and 24 girls in the debate clinic that summer, high school kids all. And just a, a week into it or so, I had to do my laundry. It's the very first time I ever did my laundry. And the dryers in Governor's Hall had this weird thing where you'd get them started, but they wouldn't stop until you opened the door. So, you know, usually there's a timer, right? So I put it in there. I came back in, checked it. They were just a little damp. I went back out and got engrossed in some ping pong games, remembered that, oh, my God, 45 minutes ago, I put things almost dry in there. (laughs) I went running in. Other people followed me because I threw down my ping pong paddle as I went flying in there. And I pulled out my slightly browned underwear. (laughs) People thought this was pretty funny. The news spread around all the time, all, all over. And the next morning, when I walked in just 20 seconds late to the general convocation that they had us in the morning, as I walked in, all eyes turned to me. And as I walked along, someone under his breath was going, crunch, 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 <laughs> as I took each step. 
<laughs> and so my nickname became Crunch, and because and because of that, at the end of the three weeks, they had a special banquet. They had the president of the university, all these high fluting people up at the front table. They wanted a person to serve as MC, one of the students. They picked me over a person who was a better debater but was not did not have underwear that was nearly as funny as mine the person <laughs> the person i beat out was russ feingold oh are you kidding me no it's for true That's uh, seven boys i love you both you know i i think the world of russ feingold he's um on how what the that side of our our beautiful state was thinking when they put the world senator in office right now. I have no idea, but oh, I don't but understand that, either. I don't understand that's either. Michael, unbelievable. Yeah, he was a year older than I was, but uh, I was funnier. And the other boy debaters who were part of it got together and bought me a pink laundry hanger, so I wouldn't have to use dryers from there on. <laughs> uh, it's time for you to sit down and write your book. Mark. <laughs> well, we maybe can get to that pretty soon, but right now, folks, don't forget to check out Larry Hegel's Not Really Sane, Not Really Sorry, his book, and his music is available. The links, again, to his Facebook page and to his email are on northernspiritradio.org. Thank you so much, Larry, for being the pioneer who walked the steps ahead of me and so much in terms of humor and in living in this house and, and civilizing Eau Claire. And thank you for joining me here today for Song of the Soul. Well, I think I owe you the thank you uh, because you've been so very good to me. And uh, it's been fun. My, my whole life has been fun. I've had my problems like anybody else, but I've been very blessed with uh, good friends and people who have been treating me really well. So uh, what can I say? Uh, thank you very much for letting me be on the air with you. I appreciate it. A lot of good stories in that book, folks. So pick up Not Really Saying, Not Really Sorry from Larry Hegel. And we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.